you're listening to insuranceradio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at insuranceradio.com. This podcast was brought to you by AD Banker & Company, specialists in licensing your office staff for property and casualty or life and health since 1979. Licensing webinar classes now available so your staff can study and learn at home or right there in your office. For more information, go to adbanker.com. Robert Woolley joined the law firm of Adams & Reese in 2006 and serves on the government relations team of the Special Business Services Group. He's the former commissioner of insurance for the state of Louisiana, where he managed 250 employees and a multi-million dollar budget. He regulated the licensing and compliance of all insurance companies and agents operating in Louisiana. One of Robert's most memorable experiences while serving as commissioner was guiding his staff through the aftermaths of Hurricane Katrina and Rita in 2005. The office successfully helped thousands of Louisiana citizens with their insurance matters, implementing a number of emergency orders that helped to stabilize the marketplace and protect citizens. To accomplish this feat, His staff patiently handled phone calls from constituents 12 hours a day, seven days a week for more than three and a half months. In his free time when he's not practicing law, Robert enjoys duck hunting and racing sailboats. Please listen in on our conversation with Robert Woolley. Well, this morning on our program, uh, we have uh, Robert Woolley. Robert, uh, welcome to uh, the program and thanks for calling in. Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Say, tell me, uh, you're a, an attorney in uh, private practice in uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Tell me about your firm and what you're doing now. Uh, we're a regional firm. We have offices mainly throughout the southeastern United States, and I do insurance regulatory work, which essentially I represent uh, people that are licensed by the Department of Insurance companies, agents, and others that that have those licenses. Uh, I even actually help companies get their certificates of authority and and other things like that. So very involved in in the insurance world, and uh, so we continue to do that type of work. One of the other aspects that, that I handle is helping companies with legislative efforts nationally. If they have a national issue that might uh, be impacted at the National Association of Insurance Commissioners or at state legislatures uh, throughout the country that I help uh, put together a plan how to deal with that issue. Well, that seems like uh, that'd be a full-time job. How did you uh, how did you get into doing this kind of work? Uh, uh, what, what led you to specialize in the insurance sector? Well, I was the insurance commissioner in Louisiana from 2000 through 2006. And I really developed a, an interest in the industry. It's a fascinating industry, a lot of good people in the industry that, that I had met, and I just felt like it was a good place and I developed an expertise, uh, so that's where I concentrated my practice. Now, it's, uh, I noticed uh, that's kind of that window that when Katrina came through, uh, didn't it? So that I guess that was probably a pretty trying time to be the commissioner of insurance. Yeah, the 
2005 hurricane season was very interesting. We had Katrina and Rita. Uh, if Katrina hadn't have hit Louisiana, Rita would have actually been our largest uh, uh, disaster to, to hit the state. So uh, it was a really tough year for us in 2005. Now, how long had you been uh, commissioner uh, when, uh, when Katrina came through? I had started in the 2000, and we had done a lot of things to improve our department and to improve our marketplace, and I think some of those improvements that we made helped us to keep our marketplace. If you recall in Florida after Andrew, a lot of companies uh, left Florida, and, and if they didn't leave, they thought about leaving. We didn't have a lot of that after Katrina here in Louisiana because we had worked very hard to try to change our marketplace and make it more uh, friendly uh, for the industry to come and operate, which in turn creates a better marketplace for the consumer and lower pricing. You know, I guess the most the average guy on the street probably doesn't think it, about it very much, but uh, being the uh, commissioner of insurance in a, in a natural disaster like that, uh, uh, you're pretty much involved in, uh, in, in, in all those financial transactions that uh, are affecting everybody's life. Yeah, we had over a million claims occur on a single day in Katrina, and that's a daunting task when you think about it. And then to add to what we had to deal with, people and companies were prohibited from coming back into the city and into the area for about uh, four to six weeks after the storm because it still wasn't safe. So it was a very trying time for a lot of people, and we at the Department of Insurance uh, really took it to heart that we need to help people recover and try to gain some semblance of normalcy back into their lives. You know, it, it might be kind of a big question, but was there really a, a biggest challenge you faced? Uh, that what was maybe the, the biggest issue that you faced? And obviously you had a full plate, but, you know, if you could narrow it down to one or two. Well, it was every day you woke up. I mean, you would think of something new. Since people couldn't return to their homes, they couldn't get their mail, uh, they had no jobs, uh, you know, they weren't returning to work, so they weren't making any money. So what was going to happen to their insurance policies when they couldn't pay their premiums? And then you start to think, well, what about health insurance if you're, well, actually not just outside your network. Your network was gone. Your network evacuated and didn't come back. So even if you were in the, the, the area that was impacted, you couldn't go to your, your network. And so you were going to have to pay out of pocket if you couldn't access your network. The other thing, if you evacuated to a hotel in one of the 26 states where people evacuated to, once again, were you going to have to pay out of pocket when you're there because you you didn't necessarily choose to be there? So there were issues every day for about a month. We would think of something new that were going to impact people and we had to try to come up with emergency orders that would protect people. Uh, and also, though, would be uh, something that the industry could do because it didn't do any good to issue a, a, an emergency order. If the ins insurance industry couldn't implement it, then we haven't helped anybody. So we had to really balance those interests. And it was, a, it was an interesting time, and it was a very uh, trying time at the same time.
Sounds to me like uh, you got about 50 years of insurance uh, uh, regulatory experience in about four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, like I tell people, I said it was more public service than anybody ever intended to to have. Well, it's uh, now uh, where did you, uh, you're from Louisiana. Uh, what part of Louisiana did you grow up? I grew up in central and northeast Louisiana. Uh, my dad uh, ran a school for disabled children in Alexandria, and they bought a school up in uh, northeast Louisiana in Monroe. And when I started high school, we moved to Monroe. And uh, I was looking uh, online, uh, did a little research on your background. I, you were born in, uh, is it Natchitoches? It's Natchitoches. And um, that is where my mom and dad met and were in college together at Northwestern when my older brother was born, uh, they were still in school. And so they uh, went to a small clinic there in Natchitoches, and they delivered my brother. We were living in Alexandria at the time that my mother uh, became pregnant with me, but they wanted to go back to the same clinic. So when she went into labor, they drove from Alexandria to Natchitoches, and I was born in Natchitoches, even though I never lived there a day. So, you know, you—that's uh, uh, interesting that your dad uh, worked with disabled. Yeah, what kind of disabilities did the children have of the schools that he uh, that he ran? Well, they had uh, mostly it was severe mental or physical handicaps, and. There actually were dormitory facilities in, at the school in Alexandria, and during the summertime, he would actually uh, go around the state and interview families to see if they qualified to have their children actually come live at the school. So most of the children that uh, were, attended the school in Alexandria actually lived on, on the grounds. That's interesting. What, what impacted... Uh... Maybe, uh, obviously, you came into close contact with those kids uh, growing up. What impact did that have on you uh, growing up? Well, it, it, it gives you a lot of compassion for people. When you see on a daily basis what uh, these people, these children had to deal with, it really made you feel like uh, you had been blessed and, and didn't have to uh, cope with the disabilities that they did. And to see their attitude that they didn't let these things get them down. They were they were uh, normal in every aspect as as when we went to play. I mean, we would do the same things. They did not want anybody to do something different or special. They all wanted to be treated just like we were all treated. And so it was an interesting time, and it and it really gave you a sense of. The human spirit, how it can overcome a lot of things, and how uh, you know compassionate they can be, as well as the compassion that they received. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. It's uh, you uh, then grew up, went off to college, uh, got a law degree. Uh, did you start out practicing on your own, or uh, did you uh, join a firm, or or how did you get started in the law profession? Actually, my first job, I went to work for what was then called a Big Eight accounting firm, Pete Marwick Mitchell and Company, up in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. I had an accounting degree as well as a law degree. In fact, uh, it was an accountant that I worked for when I was in undergraduate school that had suggested I probably would want to go to law school. And so when I first got out, that's where I went. 
But at the time, the accounting practice was such that they wouldn't even let me put my law degree on the wall. They were scared that they would be accused of the unauthorized practice of law. And so it really didn't work out for me because by that time I was more interested in the law than I was the accounting aspects. And so I went to uh, Faraday, Louisiana and started practicing with a young state senator uh, named Jim Brown. Yeah, okay. So is that how you uh, got uh, into politics or, or got into some the elective uh, arena? Yes, I got into politics uh, when I went to work with uh, the senator. He uh, had ambition. He ran for Congress and, and got beat shortly after I arrived there. Uh, then he ran for Secretary of State and, and was elected. Uh, then we uh, he did a run for governor, and I worked uh, on that campaign. Uh, and then he uh, later became insurance commissioner. Well, it's um, uh, that's a that's an interesting career. It's uh, what do you see the uh, the f- future uh, in terms of what are the issues that are kind of boiling out there right now that uh, you're working on that you, that you think are uh, uh, really front and center? Well, I think there's going to be a, a lot of challenges uh, when you look at the cyber threats and the possibility of ensuring uh, those types of things. I think with the uh, future of auto insurance is going to be changing uh, because you have so many things now that deter accidents. And as we get more of those type vehicles on the road, we have less severe accidents. Uh, that's going to change and shape the auto industry. Uh, I don't think it'll go away, but, but I think that uh, they'll have to look at other things to be involved with as they move forward. I think that you're going to have to revisit issues like a national catastrophe fund because with climate change, uh, we're going to face uh, more frequent, more severe uh, disasters. We've been seeing that uh, over the last few years. Uh, there's going to be another San Francisco earthquake. It's been over 100 years uh, since that uh, that hit the, the city of San Francisco. So, there's going to be a lot of challenges in the insurance business, I think, as, as we go forward into the future. You know, say if uh, talking about natural disasters, what if uh, later this summer or next year another Katrina hits uh, the Gulf Coast? Uh, are, are the people, are the institutions, are the insurance companies uh, ready for such a thing? Uh, you know, what would happen? Uh, how, what would happen differently this time uh, if that were to happen now? tremendous effort after Katrina to strengthen and build smarter along our coastline here in Louisiana. Uh, It happened after Andrew in Florida, and I had actually gone and visited Florida and seen some of the changes they had made in their building codes and the way they were building things along the coast after Charlie hit uh, there in 2004. And so when Katrina hit in 2005, we had tried to change the building codes before Katrina, but Katrina kind of blew the political opposition, I guess you would say, away from uh, strengthening the building codes. A lot of people didn't want to do it because they said it was going to drive up the cost of of homes. Uh, but after Katrina, uh, people realized that it was time to change the building codes make them stronger, make them more uniform, uh, build uh, for storm surge and flood over in Cameron uh, Parish where Rita 
hit and, and pretty much wiped out uh, most of Cameron Parish. Uh, so I think that we're more prepared now than we were. Uh, and, and we have uh, more companies writing in our marketplace now. So I think we're more prepared, but you can never be prepared to lose everything you own in a single day. Yeah. I mean, we, when we sat there at the Department of Insurance and started to look at the devastation, uh, it was just mind numbing of what that would be like. And we vowed when we answered phones and talked to people that we weren't going to say, oh, we know what you're going through, because there's no way you can know what that's like. It's, uh, you know, you're obviously uh, interacting with people when they're at the lowest point in their lives uh, when those things happen. Uh, what's, uh, in the flip side, what's the most enjoyable aspect of the things that uh, that you do and, and that you're doing now? enjoyed working at the Department of Insurance with people on insurance issues. Our Consumer Affairs Division did an amazing job of helping people uh, with all of their insurance problems. And I guess some of the more rewarding ones were the health issues. You know, when someone has a health problem, uh, it's expensive nowadays. And if they have an insurance problem where it looks like the insurance isn't going to cover then that can lead to bankruptcy and, and ruining people financially. And so when you help people out of those kinds of situations, they're very appreciative, and it gives you a great sense of satisfaction. And so I felt like uh, that was the best thing that, that I got to do was to help people out of their problems that they had associated with their insurance, and especially in the health field. Say, I uh, noticed uh, that uh, you enjoy, uh, you're a duck hunter, and you also race boats. Uh, tell me about the, the duck hunting this time of year. Uh, is it is it season down there? Uh, not yet. It'll be, it, it opens uh, the weekend of the LSU-Alabama game. In yeah. fact, November 7th, I yeah. think, is open duck hunting here in, in the zone that I hunt in. So, do you have a blind? Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, is that a fixed uh, position, or do you have ground, or where do you go to do your duck hunting down there? Well, I gave up my lease a couple of years ago, and I now just use my boat and go to some public areas. Uh, I take my grandkids. They're, they're starting to get to the age where, where they enjoy it. Uh, I had the lease back when, when my sons were living at home, and they really enjoyed the, the hunting, so we um we really do look forward to it. I've got a great dog that's trained to to go get our ducks, and she loves it. When when you open the gun cabinets and start taking out the guns, she she starts dancing and can't wait to get in the back of the truck. What uh, maybe uh, just in wrapping up our conversation this morning? Uh, what's one of the creeds or rules that you live by uh, that you find is a constant in your uh, personal life and in your practice? I guess the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And the fact that when I was commissioner, you know, the three before me had gone to jail and people said, how did you keep from from going to jail yourself? Because it's obviously a, a job that has some type of temptation or, or problems associated with it. And I always told my staff and I always looked in the mirror and said, we're going to do what's right. And if what's right gets me beat politically, I'm good with that. 
because I was doing something before I was insurance commissioner, and I can do something after if I were to lose. So I guess the, if, if you do what's right, then everything else will take care of itself. And, and I've always felt like that, and I've always lived my life that way. Robert, uh, Willie, thank you so much for joining us on the program. It's been a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it as well. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.